don't exactly mean odd. Anything unusual about Matthew lately? Mary lowered her knitting and looked at me over it. Oh, so you have, have you? Though I agree odd isn't exactly the word. Was he listening to nothing or talking to himself? Talking, well, both really, I said. How long has this been going on? She considered. The first time I noticed it would be, oh, I suppose about two or three weeks ago. I nodded. It did not greatly surprise me that I had not encountered Matthew in the mood before. I saw little of either of the children during the week. She went on. It didn't seem worth bothering about. Just another of those crazes children get, you know. Like the time when he was being a car and had to steer himself round corners and change gear on hills and put on the brake whenever he stopped. Fortunately, that wore off quite soon. Probably this will too. There was more hope than conviction in her tone. "'You're not worried about him?' I asked. She smiled. "'Oh, good gracious, no. He's perfectly well. What I am more worried about is us.' "'Us?' "'Well, it begins to look to me rather as if we may have got another piff, or something like her in the family.' I felt, and probably looked, dismayed. I shook my head. "'Oh, no! Don't say it! Not another piff!' I protested. Mary and I had met sixteen years before, and had married a year later. Our meeting had been, according to the view one takes of these things, either entirely fortuitous, or else worked out with an unnecessarily cunning deviousness by destiny. At any rate, there had been nothing conventional about it, and as far as either of us could recollect, we had never been introduced. It was the year in which, as a reward for several previous years' conscientious application to duty, I had risen to the status of junior partner in the firm of Ainsley and Tallboy, chartered accountants of Bedford Square. At this distance of time, I'm not sure whether it was celebration of the achievement or the fading effect of the work that had led to it, which determined me to spend my summer holidays as far from my routine concerns as I could get. Probably it was a bit of both. At any rate... The urge to fresh woods and pastures new was strongly upon me. The world was, in theory, open to me. In practice, however, it was narrowed by considerations of cost, the time available, and the travel allowance then in force, until it appeared not to extend beyond Europe. Still, there is quite a lot of Europe. At first, I toyed with the idea of an Aegean cruise. The prospect of sunlit isles set in a cerulean sea dazzled me, and there were siren songs in my ears. Unfortunately, it seemed upon investigation, all berths on such cruises except those at a prohibitive first-class rate had been booked since the previous October. Then I had thoughts of setting out vagabond-wise, wandering through the countryside, care and fancy-free, but on reflection it seemed to me that an unknowledgeable traveller with no more linguistic equipment than indifferent schoolboy French would be unlikely to make the best use of the limited time. This brought me, as it has brought many thousands of others, to considering the merits of a tour. After all, one would be guided through many interesting places on the way. I reconsidered Greece, and discovered it would take a long time to get there and back by road, even at hundreds of miles a day. In the end, I reluctantly postponed the glories of Greece for exploration at a future date, and contemplated the grandeurs of Rome, which were, it seemed, much more readily available. For Mary Bosworth, that had been a time of hiatus. She had come down from London University with, she hoped, a degree in history, and was still wondering how best she could employ it, if, 
Indeed, she had it. With her friend, Melissa Campley, she decided that, after the constrictions of exam syllabuses, the gap might be filled by a holiday abroad, which would expand their minds. There was some difference of opinion on the location most likely to do this efficiently. Mary had favoured the idea of Yugoslavia, which was then cautiously setting its door more ajar to tourists from the West. Melissa had inclined to Rome as the destination, partly because she disapproved of communism on principle, but more because she envisaged the journey to Rome as a form of pilgrimage. Mary's doubts on the validity of a pilgrimage conducted by tourist coach she brushed aside. Such a pilgrimage, with a guide to improve your knowledge of the world as you travelled, was, she pointed out, certainly no less valid, and in several ways more commendable than a pilgrimage by cavalcade enlivened en route with dubious stories. The argument had eventually been settled by the travel agency, when it warned Mary of mysterious...